that came through. It was about June sixth, June seventh. Yeah, it was a small one. I thought, yeah, it happened so fast. Yeah, all that happened to my house in fifteen minutes. Jeez, wow, boy, they hit. got some wine here, Craig. I know you want. Oh shoot, I had brought this a little bit. I forgot y'all be having wine. Yeah, I I I meant to bring you this the other day. Oh man, (laughs) I was gonna bring you this when I got my hair cut. But hell, you just appreciate that. I can't forget where we got it from. It's also a good one though. I know I won an award, so I figured it was a good one. You already know what time it is. Oh, man, we are back with another episode of Attendant Reminds and back with a good topic. Today's topic is stop tiptoeing around the conversation, even if it's uncomfortable. See, it's a topic that I took from a friend of mine in the chat, but it made me realize how deep the reality of this is. Because it's easy not to discuss certain things that's on your mind, but you already know when avoiding it, it only makes things worse. It tends to come out at the wrong time when someone had enough, and that's when you're going to explode. But having real conversation is at the heart of real relationships. It takes away the assumptions and intent you think the person has against you if you just let it all out. Plus, it shows that you value the real relationship enough to be honest but i'm not alone in this one i have he is a reoccurring guest um very unapologetically honest and he was also part of the episode that everyone loved which is what keeps people not being happy i want to go ahead and introduce stan the man what's going on stan hey hey how's it going fellas stan Lattimore here for those you that uh, don't know Happy to be back on our 10 Reminds with Craig again and uh, happy to be a part of this conversation with some great guys here. I also have a friend of mine and I think that we're very similar in so many different ways when it comes to life and when it comes to family. And it's someone that I've been trying to get on the episode for a long time, but he's here and I want to go ahead and introduce Charles. How's it going, Charles? Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? What's up, ladies, everybody? Uh, this is Charles. Finally made it onto the show. Craig, thanks for having me. Definitely, Gonna have some good discussions <laughs> today. Uh, like I said, finally glad to make it out and be on the show. So uh, we're going to have, have a good time today. And I have another guest, and I heard so many good things about him. I'm going to let someone else introduce him because he's here, and he has a close friend that's here as well. So go ahead and introduce. Hey, guys. Stanley again. I'm here with my friend, Sammy Freeman. Uh, He's also a part of the Athens Alliance. He's also a director of AYO Youth Football League. Great guy. Well known around the community. Um, if you grew up on the east side of Athens, you definitely know him. And he's pretty much worldwide known. So if you didn't grow up here, you might still know him. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> but uh, he's a great talker, man. I'm happy he's here with us today <laughs> to talk and uh, spread some of his knowledge. Been around the world a few times, around the block. So he knows his stuff. Uh, without further delay, let me introduce my boy, Sammy Freeman. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm just part, glad to be a part of the show. In the conversation. Oh man, I see you got your shirt on with your your, your... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I'm the president of Athens Youth Organization. That's what AYO stands for. It's the oldest youth football program here in Athens, Georgia. And like Stanley was saying, part of the Athens Alliance Coalition. For the people here in Athens, look for the uh book bag drive. We got our second annual book bag drive coming up. I just got done picking up supplies before I came here. So for those of y'all in the community, I know we're all having hard times right now, and, and money is, is very, very, very short right now. So uh, we will be having a book bag drive. Uh, check our social media platform, whether it's Adam Alliance, uh, Coalition Facebook page, Instagram, or 
Athens Youth Organization, which is AYO, Facebook or Instagram, or my personal Sammy Freeman Facebook or Instagram page. Uh, I got it all posted. And I post everything we do in the community, so follow the, uh, me on social media. Did you put out the where they can find you at on Facebook and social uh, media? It's Sammy on Facebook. My personal is Sammy Freeman. Instagram is Samp Freeman, S-A-M-P Freeman. And then uh, we got Athens Line Coalition Facebook and Instagram page. Athens Youth Organization Facebook and Instagram page. That's what's up, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're here, man. And and I, I love what you're doing in the community, too. We definitely need something like that in Athens. We need something like that in Oglethorpe, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate that. But nevertheless, man, let's go ahead and dive into in case you were hiding under a rock. I'm sure you all heard of NCAA that they approved the temporary policy to allow college athletes to be able to get paid with the use of their name, their image, their likeness. And I just want to know before we get into how you feel about that situation, I want to know who do you think would have made the most money if this was something that was passed a long time ago? I think Deion Sanders probably would have been one of the <laughs> highest paid. Uh, Deion Sanders. Yeah, one of the highest paid college, college athletes just because of you know his flair, his talent. He yeah. was, he's flashy. What so, about I mean, Cam Newton? Uh, Cam was cool. I'm not really <laughs> an Auburn fan. You know, I'm dog for life, but uh, I like, I've always been a Deion Sanders fan. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, I, I, you know his, his attitude, the way he carries himself, that brings that type of personality where you get those types of contracts. People that, that's always in the, you know, you're always on the front page. True. So, I mean, it probably would have been a few more, but I think right off the top of my head, he's like the first one that comes to mind. And he was very cocky too, but hey, he could bag it up. Yeah, he could. I remember I was reading something. They were like, um, they asked Deion Sanders, hey, what do you want? Do you want the $10 million contract or do you want the $20 million contract? He said both. Both. I remember that. <laughs> he said both. That's a trick one, man. I wanted to say Hirsch off the top, but now that I think about it, after Charles gave his answer, I think I'm going to have to go with Tebow, man. <laughs> you know, for my age, you know, Tebow just took the college world, just world peer, the sports, sports world by storm peer, you know. I, I love Deshaun. I think he was great, but I think Tebow was able to connect in other ways on the religious aspect as well as the sport, which would have brought in more revenue for him. He's just more like a likeness about it. That's what it's about. I mean, it ain't about production on the field. It's about likeness, I think. It's going to be the main thing. Like, you know, also production, but likeness. You know, I think about Tebow and probably Reggie Bush would be my two. Tebow and Reggie. Oh, yeah. Just two electric players. I'm going to say I agree with both of these guys. Of course, you know, I'm a Reggie Bush fan. I definitely agree with Tebow and Deshaun more so of what they could have done with the money coming from Deshaun background, yeah, from true. the struggle. And Tebow having the mind that was further ahead of his time with giving back. Those two guys would have, their whole mindset with the money would have been to do something different than yeah. all of us sitting right here would have. But all in all, I would say Michael Vick would have been. I like I like MJ, <laughs> but Michael Vick, my favorite sport player ever. You know, and, and, I, and I think it'll never be another football a, player like him. Now, what about the guy that played for Texas A and M? Manziel. Yeah, Manziel. John Manziel. What yeah, about him? He was him? trash. But I'm talking about just his image. It's just he was very popular. Yeah, yeah. I just thought he was trash overall, he was but just he did. He definitely did ride the wave of being popular. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He, he rode that wave to the full extent. You ask me, I think. Boy, he even in in the pros, he, 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 he did the same thing. Man, he Johnny rode that wave. You know, he really did. I can't think of nobody who got the most out of some. You know, we're going with two losses in the season. In the SEC. Yeah, you know, Tebow. They had to win it all. 
Vic almost had to, you know, he did it all by himself. I mean, that was probably the greatest game I would see with him in uh versus Florida State that year for the yeah. Rose Bowl in 2000. That was the craziest game I was seen in my life there, man. I didn't even, I had never seen Vic play before that game. But I remember I saw that game, I was like, man, even though they low, he won. <laughs> he won. <laughs> now, <laughs> crazy. now we were talking about who you think would have made the most money, but I just want to know, how do you feel? Do you feel um, this is a good thing, it's a bad thing? Do you have mixed feelings about it? I mean, honestly, I think it's a good thing, but college has been making so much money off of players for years. Mm -hmm. uh, I looked at a couple of things yesterday. I think it was like in 20, 2010 or 2015, mm -hmm. the SEC almost cracked a billion dollars in ticket sales. Wow. Billion dollars in ticket sales. You're talking about merchandise, ticket sales, concession stands. That's how wow. much money the school made. Now, I understand guys get scholarships and things like that, but there are needs outside of that that college players need. You know, you got, you, you got cars and things like that. I understand, mm -hmm. you know, they get the you know, all the swag, you know, yeah, the, the, you know, yeah. the gear and stuff like that, but that only goes so far, you yeah. know, you have to survive. Yeah, and I, I get you get that, but I think it's been a long time coming. Those guys should have been getting that money and I think it's, it's well-deserved. Whoever made the decision or whatever board made the decision, made the right decision. You got so many guys that want to go to school, they just can't afford it. Or they'll have a scholarship, but can't afford it because they got bills at home or, you know, yeah. Coming from the background, I came back from where I came from, from Little Lead Up, it was always a family environment. And you know, the team I played football with, like Stanley Mom and them came to the East Side and started it. East Side mm -hmm. and Dolphins, you know, and, and, and it was a struggle. And in, in high school, uh, I know guys that played with us. I mean, Stanley will tell you, we, just, we would sell out stadium. Our teammate parent couldn't afford to pay $10 to come to the game. Mm -hmm. But here we is selling out City Show Stadium every night, every home game, I mean, a sellout. And let alone a rival game, but you know, to move on to the college level, it, it, it's well-deserved and, and I think those guys deserve it. And it allow people to go to college. They can have a scholarship, but still have problems at home. Yeah, And, and can yeah, afford to yeah. send money back home. Uh, Stanley, like Didi, he's, he's always say that. I, I want to send my mama something, and you know, and if you know Didi, you know how he is with his mama, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think those guys deserve it, man. Cause the NCAA, they, they making a lot of money off these kids. And that's a great point that you brought up. They be talking about, hey, well, you're still getting tuition. You're still getting free room and board. However, you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars off of me. Hey, I got a family back at home. You know what I mean? I need to be able to support them. I'm able to go to college because of how good I am. Why can't I not be able to support them right now? You making money off of me, why can't I get a piece of that? And I'll piggyback off of that because uh, a little bit on my athletic background, I actually went to college. I was a collegiate athlete for five years and I was a two-time collegiate All-American in wrestling. And dude, I can tell you, man, a college athlete, man, it bad breaking work. Like yeah, everybody yeah. see that Saturday night when them guys go play, but you don't see the money through Friday when you got to get up at 5 a.m. to go lift weights. You got to get up at two o'clock to go to a three hour practice and still make it all your classes and do your homework and, you know, maintain a certain GPA. And it's a, man, I mean, I I hate to say this, a pimping kind of game, yeah. but when you're an athlete, you kind of feel that way when you sell out a stadium and you're doing all this stuff and, you know, the school making a million dollars off of you. But yet, like Sammy said, my mom and daddy can't come to Oklahoma to see me wrestle anytime they want to still. Yeah. You know, even though the school just made $100,000 off of this, you know, regional event, none of that money go back to my pocket. Athletes as a whole, you know, if you ain't as a top division one school, the power 10 school, it's a very slim chance you're going to school 100% free. Yeah. You know, so if you ain't the top guy, I don't care who you is, what level you, more than likely you got maybe 90% or you got some type of student loan debt 
that you coming out of college with. And I think about how much money did the school make off me. And I'm like, why should I pay student loan debt? You know, I thought it was a hundred ways they could have did. They didn't have to pay the athletes, but you know, maybe you could have knocked off some student loan debt for them other guy who ain't didn't want to get a full ride. Or yeah. you could have made everybody have a full ride scholarship. You know, I kind of feel like, you know, when you paying certain athlete, it kind of feed into the individual train, more so than the team aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You know, cause you don't have certain player playing to get more light, to get more jersey sale. You know how they should be. You know, it, you know when I thought, like I said, you know, you gonna have players doing that, but at the same time, it's a th second, third screen guy that doing just as much work, and he got to go do a nine to five on top of coming to practice and go to college classes and do everything else. Man, I seen it for five years, so I can tell you, man, it's a hard work and it been long overdue. But I wish they would have, I wish they would have went about a little differently instead of being paid off a likeness. More just a general fun kind of for all college student athletes. Yeah, I thought it would have came out a little better, but I definitely understand. I mean, like I think Charles hit hit the hammer on uh, the nail on the head when he said in 2015 the SEC signed a billion dollar television network deal, which is crazy. They signed a billion dollar network deal, but none of them kids. You probably had 70 percent of them kids come out with student loan debt worth fifty thousand dollars, and so I look at it from that aspect. I'm like. You know, it's great for that top guy. It's great for that upper them them guy that gonna get drafted in the first second round. But how about that guy that don't get drafted? Mm -hmm. You know, he he deserved just as much right and had that money or some of that money. He made that guy better who gonna earn it, who gonna go first second round. So you know, I love it. I love the idea of the guys getting paid. I think it should have been done at all sports at all level when you consider how much revenue a student athlete bring in. Yeah. You know, I think it'll also trickle down to a little bit of high school. Yeah. Eventually, in the, in the future, it may trickle down to high school a little bit as well. Yeah, man. But I, I, I agree with it. I definitely think college athletes, athletes should get repensated for their uh, hard work. I mean, just like anybody else, you go to work, you're going to want to get paid. You think about a, a student that's on a music scholarship. Mm -hmm. You can go to the local bar or to the local downtown area and play at a club or something and get paid. It don't affect your scholarship. So what's, yeah, what's any different than a football player selling one of his jerseys to a fan or to a, a sports collector? Yeah. And the good thing that you said that, I mean, but what about someone who can't even work? They're consumed with Yeah, you're spending so much time. And they're consumed with their grades, you know, their courses. They don't have time to work. So they should be able to get paid for you getting paid off of it. So why can't they get paid off of it? So I, I love the fact that you all brought that up. Do you see any cons with it? Do you see anything that can potentially go wrong? I mean, I think kind of what Stanley was touching on when you got the guys that don't get as much attention. Mm -hmm. But I think you're, like you said, you're going to start seeing a lot now, probably a lot more high school or people starting early on with their kids now to get them to that point when they go to college, they're already in line for these endorsements. Yeah. You know, once they go over to the NCAA. So I think you might see a lot of that starting to get pushed, like you said, with the high schools and things like that. And you just trying to get people pushed up. So, hey, he just made another point, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie on the head. When I think about guys like Master P. Son, Percy Miller, just signed a $2 million $2 deal. Million and I don't deal. even know what he signed a deal for, but I know it's $2 million <laughs> for an 18-year-old kid. $2 so, million. You know, that is man. crazy, man. And, you know, I think about that, like he said, man. Kid fresh out of high school making two million bucks before he even sign a pro deal. Like I think it's just gonna get the age gonna get younger and younger. And I think it can start a dirty trend with parents, you know, just putting too much on their kids too fast. 
selling, selling you know, you, it's almost like Hollywood, how they sell their kids away for a little minute of fame on a TV screen. Mm -hmm. And I think, I hope it don't make their way to like sports and stuff, but you know, when people see greed, it just, you know, sometimes it bring out the best, sometimes it bring out the worst in people. You're right, you're Oftentimes right we see money bring out the worst. That's my opinion on it, but. You're right about you know. that, man. But yeah, that's good, man. Something else that came up is, I'm sure you all heard about what happened in Miami with Surfside Condo and the building that crashed, but how do you feel about the situation? Because the thing is, I brought it up. I feel like no one is talking about it anymore. And I feel like we're getting more and more desensitized to the situation. All of these big tragedies that are happening. What I feel, I feel like we're so desensitized, but I don't blame us, I blame the media. Because when we saw, hey, there were 24 people died and 120 something missing. Well, we look at that like, okay, maybe they might find the ones that are missing. However, they didn't like go into more details about, hey, we had to demolish the rest of the building. So being that you blew the rest of the building up, who could have potentially survived will now not survive. So now we're so desensitized, we don't even realize what just happened. You just gave them no fighting chance. And I just want to know, how do you all feel about these big tragedies and the situation that happened? What do you think is going to come from this? With that issue alone, you know, if you haven't been looking, like you said, um, people not really, really paying a lot of attention, but I do, I read a lot of articles, a lot of spare time. There have been a lot of instances where that building had actually, people came and viewed it mm -hmm. and they noticed it wasn't up to standard. You know, there's a lot of water leaks right. in the basements. The pool wasn't up, up to par. You know, there's a lot of issues that that building had that no one ever reported. But I think you fall into that where, you know, people want to make money so bad yep. that they're willing to cut corners and reach other people's safety just to make a dollar. It's unfortunate what happened. You know, I try to do as much research whenever me and my family travel to try to find somewhere, you know, that we stand at that's decent. I, Me personally, if I'm staying in a high ride, I'm, I'm trying to get on the lowest floor. I don't like staying yeah, all the way at the yes, top. Yes, I'm the same so, way too. I use the high rise when I'm going to like the big cities. But now I'm starting to think I should be second guessing when I'm at the very top yeah. of the building because they don't really care. They're just all about making money. No, you don't. Because I mean, <laughs> we, we actually went to Panama this year. It was a water spout over the ocean. Kind of like a, it was almost a tornado that formed over the ocean. Oh, wow. So, you know, they evacuated everybody and things out of the building. But that was our first time ever being in something like that. So we all, you know, everyone kind of came down. But just talking to the uh, one of the building guys that worked there, he was like, oh, no, you know, no need to worry. You know, these buildings are built for hurricane wind. You know, it's not going to tumble over. The building may sway mm -hmm. because they, it's built that way so it won't tumble. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, you know, you got a lot of buildings that probably aren't up to date. You know, wow. the, the codes and stuff, you know, so so much out of date that you don't know what you're going into pretty much when you're traveling. Man, I think it's sad, like you say, I think it's bad that the media desensitize us so bad nowadays. And if you ain't careful, you'll fall for the loop and you'll fall for the okie doke every time. Mm -mm. Like like you just said, like 25 were dead and 124 missing, but I'm guaranteed they never told you how many of them people were actually missing that were dead, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> like, that's a sad story, man. You think about people on vacation and the building collapse. Yeah. And, and it ain't the first time. It's always in Miami and, and you know, Florida as a whole, I think is kind of scary. I mean, Miami was uh, geographically it is scary. It's built under the sea like sea level. Like, you had astronomers and everybody else and uh geographers and everybody else come out and say that by 2040 something where they predict that Florida might be underwater because it's just built that low below sea level. Yeah. And, and so it was built up by drug money, right? And Most that of was it, like yeah, the off the 60s, coast, right? off the city. A lot of guys, a lot of the buildings you see in Miami, a lot of cartel buildings, you know, a lot of stuff they're trying to 
funnel money or hide money and stuff. Yeah. Or, or, you know, watch money and a lot of that stuff is. So they didn't really care about regulation and cold bills and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, 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 it's just sad. You know, it is. Yeah, cause yeah. It ain't just Miami. It can be anywhere. It really can be. It just sucked that I see a lot more. Like I was telling Kratom earlier, like I remember FIU, Florida National University, had a building, one of their bridges collapsed. And it, yeah. um, you know, it caused a lot of damage and harm and the road melted because of heat. But you know, one of them things where I can't say if I was a, your, your local manager, if, if I was in charge of building a hotel, if I wouldn't try to cut every penny I could to get the job done. Yeah. And yeah. I look at it saving a buck, that guy might have, but you risk somebody's safety and yeah. you know, somebody's family. So in the long run, you definitely want to spend an extra dollar if you are a developer or something. But hey, it's just sad, you know, for that family and anybody involved with it. You know, it really was. That's how I looked at it. It was just sad. And now um, the next thing is we don't have to talk about our brother, but how do y'all feel about <laughs> Vats that thing up? <laughs> I'm sure you all heard it. I, I, I have no idea what Vats that thing now, up is, man. You remember? Is this the juvenile thing? Yeah, the they juvenile song, you yeah, know, back I'm, that ass up, but they yeah, remixed it and called it Vats that thing up. Now, why did they destroy a classic like that? Is my I ain't boy mad at for money or what? <laughs> I am not mad at juvenile because baby don't pay, according to Juvie. <laughs> baby don't pay nobody, suck. And he put Mia, Mia X on it. Mia X on it. And see, the thing is, it's a lot going on in our community. You know, the poverty level, you know, make some changes in the black community. Try to improve things that are going on in our neighborhoods. However, they come out with a song, Vats That Thing Up. And it's like, well, you not you shouldn't have sex if you not vaccinated. It's like they're they're promoting it, but they took one of our best songs and it was like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to find a way to target black people. That's how I felt about the situation. Because again, we hear that song, Vats That Thing Up, and we already know what type of song that is. And we know how we feel about that song. So for them to promote and, and change a classic, we understand they were intentionally trying to get black people to <laughs> get vaccinated. <laughs> but is that a good or a bad thing that they intentionally trying to get black people vaccinated? That's that's what I'm so confused about. You know, is, that's what I want to know. Is it's that like, bad that they targeting black something that black people can relate to to get them vaccinated? So once again, that's anybody's choice. I ain't gonna put that on anybody's mind. I ain't you know I ain't gonna talk for nobody. But I think that's just part of society now with the whitewashing and everything where you see a lot of people taking well you call it culture vultures now, right? Culture mm -hmm. vulture. Well, you see a lot of that now. Well. People try to take the best of, you know, African American culture and change it to manipulate it to make them seem more relatable. I think sometimes, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes look at it like it bad, like it, it whitewashing and brainwashing. And other times, I'm like, well, maybe people need to get something they can relate to to tell them to go get vaccinated. Maybe mm -hmm. you know, their intent wasn't that wasn't as harmful as it may seem. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I struggle with it all the time. You know, like, is it really whitewashing or is it? trying to help people out or and that's what i was wondering because when i heard the song i was like well why didn't they make another song why why specifically why <laughs> yeah and i think about it when i think about rap though like rap is like the new like when i was little when we were little growing up we never saw a rap commercial like a, a we never saw the fruit loop guy come out there in the gold chain and start rapping two can saying but nowadays i look at like like yeah go ahead and play it 
Nice share, got your bio reading right share. Precise share, but before you find a day chair, you gotta wait chair. Gotta go back to nature, get it straight chair. Girl, you look good, want you vax that thing up. Use a handsome young brother, want you vax that thing up. They in real life, you need to vax that thing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the intention behind it was a chick. Yeah, and I, that's how I feel. And, and, I was and, like, did my boy go all bad like that? Nah, but you know, we know he ain't making the same kind of money he was making <laughs> 10 plus years ago because he just did a show in Athens, Georgia. So that speaks a lot, but I think his intention was to chase a bag of money. And and I mean, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at him because one of his songs, and if he want to change it and hope that one day it will end up being a promotion, for used for promotion, mm-hmm. or getting folk to go get vaccinated and somebody give him a bag of money behind it, Hey, I would have did it too. Yeah. But our culture still know yeah. the real deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Now, the next one is, see, again, I love track. You know, I love coaching. I'm, and Stan, he can vouch for that. That's all I watch. Every day I'm looking on YouTube just looking at track meets track. because I'm big in track. Yeah. And I had my mindset on certain runners to make it to the Olympics and win. Now, we heard about what happened to Shakiri uh, Richardson, and I'm torn about it. I had her to win the 100-meter run running. But however, she got caught smoking weed, unfortunately, because she found out her mother died. But, I mean, how do you feel about Do you think that they made the right decision? Do you think that she should deal with the consequences? She broke the rules, but you have to deal with the consequences when that happens, or do you think that there were more intent behind it that she's not running? over just smoking weed, something small. Smoking weed, it's not like it's a, a enhancer. It's just smoking weed, you know? But how do you feel about that situation? You gotta look at it from a, I guess, from an Olympic standpoint. That's a, it's an international sport. Yep. So therefore, you know, you gotta, you gotta take into consideration all the rules and regulations behind it. I mean, I understand her situation and you can't really tell anyone how to cope with dealing with things. Some people will seek other things, but for her seeking to smoke weed, I don't think it's a problem. Some people turn to, you know, prescription pills or, or, you know, any other things worse than that. But unfortunately, that's one of the rules as far as that goes. Unfortunately, you know, it happened to her. You know, hopefully she gets a second chance somewhere in the future to actually go out and, and take a shot and actually show people what she can do. But uh, like I said, she just keeps her head on straight and continues to go down the right path. She'll be fine. Uh, I think, like I said, it's just, you know, she's dealing with a mom. You can't really tell anyone how to deal with a parent down. That's tough. That's true. It's unfortunate what happened. I hope, you know, that she gets a second chance to come back. But like I said, you have to look at it from an international point. If they allow one person to do it and, you know, you got, you know, others coming in and stuff. But I think maybe in the future, I think overall, you know, marijuana probably eventually become just a regular, you know, it won't be banned. That's just my opinion. I mean, to be honest with you, man, one month ain't that bad for smoking weed and breaking the rules. I think in her case, it's just the timing of it's so freaking yeah. bad, man. Like the timing of it, like if, if this was, you know, two, if it was three months ago, she got a one month ban, we wouldn't talk about it. But her one month ban just so happened to end, come on the Olympics. Another thing is, she had the ability to run the four by one. I, I saw that as well. But they removed her from that, and that's after her suspension. You know, and a lot of people been getting backlash that the Olympic Committee had, but you got to think the Olympic Committee just went over a whole, the International Committee just went over a whole rehaul of them cleaning out a lot of the old, dirty rules that people were cheating with. And so they're real strict right now. 
And she just so happened to fall during that time period of them being real strict. And she was honest. I love what she said, man. I love seeing that girl run, dude. I love seeing that flame and how she got you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like she a superhero sometimes fast. She be going like Flojo. I'm looking at Flojo again. And I love seeing it, dude. And I hate it for her because, like, dude, you know she going to win it. Like, you know, unless she gets struck by lightning, she gonna, we'll go, she probably going to win it more than likely. And I love what she said, though. She came off. She was 100% honest. You know, my mom just died. I went to go smoke some weed to relieve, you know, to ease my mind before she said she probably had a stroke or something. I had to release some stress some way. That's the best way I can do it. And I look at it like, you know what? She already did with all the, the stress of trying to win Olympics, man. And you, and I, I wrestled. And so I trained for Olympics in 2012. And I can tell you right now, dude, they, uh, Olympic athlete, man, you think about a pro athlete, Olympic athlete worked three times harder than a pro athlete. They working for one thing for four years to make it. And they got to be out the entire world to get there. They work probably five times a day working out. And I feel bad because all that work she put in and they don't get to show it at four year point. But I'm glad she's young and she'll be able to come back in another four years, you know. But at the same time, I feel like if they were ever going to let somebody get a pass, I think she should have got it. Yeah. You know, my mom, her mama died. She trained in Colorado legal. where marijuana is legal on the... Um, the 19, but it was 316 bill. That marijuana is legal. So it ain't like she was out there doing crack or heroin or steroids or something gonna make her faster. Right. You know, it ain't like she was taking, you know, Adderall or PEDs or rabies shot or testosterone shot. Yeah. She was smoking, she just smoked some weed to go to sleep to ease her mind off of her mama passing. And it's sad because I know her mama looking down like, you know, dang it, baby. But it's sad, man. It's sad to me. And I feel like it's just the worst thing, I, like the worst example of bad time that I don't seen in a long time. It's just my view on it. Well, well how, how old is she? 21. 21. I mean, and she's still young. She's still got a long life ahead of How I view certain stuff, others might not view, but I view her as still being a child. And you know, when it comes to kids and young adults, right or wrong, I'm gonna stick with them. When they make a mistake, hey, so the mistake already done been made, so that's the worst part. Uh, now let's see what we can do to fix the mistake. Or what can we do so you don't make the mistake again? And you know, one thing I admire about her, she never backed away from her background or her culture or where she came from. Yeah. She never went out there and tried to not wear her nails and not yeah. be who she is. Yeah. And so I feel like, yes, she hit a bump in the road, but her platform and for her making this mistake, it's gonna help a lot of other young athletes, female and male, that come from the same background as her. So her one mistake, it's gonna stop a lot of other kids and a lot of other kids gonna learn from her mistake. You know, I, I pray that, that, that she have a strong comeback and you know, I believe tomorrow she'll have a better day. You know, she's gonna get a second chance at it and it's gonna push her to win it. But yeah. I just know that this mistake that she made it's gonna help others and they're gonna learn from her mistake. And I just appreciate how she was honest. And at 21, I don't even know if I would have told the truth. Man, I'm glad you, you know? said that, man. I mean, think about when you were 21. I mean, we made mistakes, but when you're that young, you're you're bound to make mistakes. But she's going to grow from it and she's going to mature. She's going to not even she was she was mature of how she responded. You know, she said, Hey, I'm owning up, I'm taking full accountability for what I did. So she owned up to her mistake and she said, I'm not looking for any sympathy. You know, I did what I did and now I have to deal with the consequences. That's a grown woman <laughs> response. And she's only 21. So that was a good point that you brought up. How you got to feel about 
black people boycotting the Olympics. Talking about how they ain't gonna watch it because she didn't get the pardon. I honestly don't think you should do that because here's the thing. That's just one black person. Yeah, that's how I feel. The entire 100 meter run, they're all black. Not only that, when they took off the team, they put two more black people on the team. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how you feel, what about those ones who made it, who worked hard and was able to get on the team? Are you going to boycott them and not look at them because of a mistake that was genuinely wrong in the book? You know, of course, we don't like it because uh, smoking weed, really? Mm -hmm. We don't like that. You should be penalized for smoking weed, but it's part of the rule. And, and it happened. So you're dealing with the consequences and you were grown enough to accept it. But you also have these other women who end up having to take that space because you're not available to be able to run. So I don't think you should boycott it because of an actual rule that was in place that was broken. Yeah. You got other athletes that worked hard just as well as she did. And it's always next man up. As bad as that may sound, it, I mean, it's part of sports, and it is what it is, you know. And if she's accepted her mistake and, and ready to move on, we should support her. And you know, it ain't she ain't going on the and arguing and and on social media bashing the Olympics and that. So let 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 let's, let's be smart about it. Let's move on. And I say let's support these other athletes, not only black athletes but all athletes, you know. And and. Even though I hate track, you know, I was good in track. <laughs> but, you know, in, 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 anytime you play in sports, you want people to see you. Yeah. Especially running, like, you want people to talk about, you know, how fast you ran or how good you done. So, mm -hmm. I said, let's support the Olympics. And, and let's not make this be about one person's mistake. Yeah. And let's just move on from it. Because she's accepted it. And she's accepted her punishment. So, I think we should accept it and, you know, support the rest of these athletes. You know, she accepted the consequences, so hey, let's move forward. But no, nah, you, you should still support the athletes. Uh, there's a lot of, like you said, like Stanley was saying, you got people that's worked all their life for uh, for this chance to get, you know, to get on there and, and show what they can do. So, of course, you know, support the athletes, you know, mainly black athletes, of course, but, you know, just support the athletes. Okay, okay. Well, now let's go ahead and get into the real topic, the topic of today. How important is real conversation even if it's uncomfortable i think when you're dealing with people you have to understand why it's important to be true to yourself and who you are because what happened is when you put up a facade that person is trying to get closer to you but they're not getting closer to the real you they're getting closer to that facade that you have up so now you have an empty space that they're not able to fulfill because they don't know the real you and I feel like that is a protection mechanism to allow people to not know the real you just in case they hurt you. As men, we have a tough shell, right? As men, we have a tough shell to break. And we don't like to open up. But I want to know, where does that come from? Why do men not want to open up? Like, is it biologically men or is it based on certain experiences? Why do we not open up and just be vulnerable and, and be open with our true self when we're in a relationship? Well, first off, man, I think that's that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> but I think as a, you know, coming up as a, as a male, younger, you're always taught to hold it in. Yeah. Hold it in. You you know, don't, don't cry or don't, you know, suck it up. And I think, you know, over time you, you get used to holding those feelings in and I would, you know and it's, you get it, it gets hard for you to express yourself 
And then, I, you know, it may be a, a situation where you don't want to hurt that person's feelings. So, but like you said, you got to be true with yourself. You're not telling that person the truth, then you're not being honest. But, well, as I've gotten older, those conversations have become easier. Yeah. Because you have to learn how to be honest. And like I said, just be truthful with it. But it's, I mean, it's 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 tough to have those conversations, whether you're having them with your kids or your wife or, you know, I have both. I have those conversations both with, you know, my wife and kids. But mm-hmm. it's. And you're right about that. I mean, and you have a daughter. Yeah uncomfortable conversation you have to make sure that you're open to discussing and talk about those things and and again it is really hard for men it was really tough for me to open up now that i do open up it's like well i don't have anything to hide i'm just open i'm able to just talk about whatever i guess another thing is always seen in the you know if a guy's open and honest with his feelings it seems he's soft people look at it like that y'all he's soft you know he's it's, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of hard to explain, you know, really. You look at it, you look at on the outside, it's just because you care about another person's feelings, mm-hmm. that you seem like, you know, you're soft or, mm-hmm. you know, you ain't, you ain't hard enough or whatever. But like I said, you're taught as a, as a male coming up, don't cry, don't say, you know, hold it in. And I think that's that's something you had to teach your kids early on to you're right to, about to that. learn them, to, to teach them to express themselves. You're right And about I think that. if you teach them that at a younger age, as they get older, it gets easier. People have to realize when you're open like that, it allows them to make the adjustment to try to get closer to the real you. Yeah. Because now I know what this person is. I know what he does. I know who he is. So I need to make the adjustment if I want to really get closer to this person. So what? how do you feel about this? What, why, why is it so hard for us to be open, not just saying vulnerable, but open to be the real us when we're dealing with not just in a relationship, in a workplace. I mean, just being open. With age and wisdom and knowledge. Meaning because, though, like, when we're young, like you said, we tend to want to be the tough or want to be known as a tough guy and hard guy. Once you get older and you become a little, more, a little bit more wiser, you know, you don't care about what another person think about you. So, so when you open up more and you be more honest, it's like... it's. It's more easier. And what I mean by that is, like in a relationship, you know, when you're younger, you'll tell lies or or you'll act like you don't feel a certain type of way about somebody when really you do. Mm -hmm. But once you get older, you just accept them and and you make others accept you for who you are. And once you get older and you don't care about how a person view you, then, or you make them accept you. That's what I'm looking for. Once you cool with how somebody view you and it don't and it don't bother you it, it, you know that's like standard like and I'm gonna use religion for example mm-hmm. once I got older and, and you know I got to know God and I didn't care I don't care who who know I'm all into God and I'm all into church mm-hmm. and I listen to church music but when I was younger I want to open up and mm-hmm. came around y'all jamming no church music or singing or always talking about God and you know I just like again I think it come with age it you is, know yeah. and the same thing yeah, and the same thing called relationships. Cause when I was younger, man, you know, I wanted to be the toughest guy. I wouldn't tell a girl I love you. I get around <laughs> my friends and I say I don't care about I that girl. See. But in reality, <laughs> I love this girl. You know, so I'm just and, trying to get the draw. Yeah, man. And, <laughs> and so now, you know, I'm more open with everything, and I'm more. Once you can accept yourself for who you really are, and don't care how nobody view you, and that come with workplace, that come with any everything. Yeah. And you know, and, and what I learned about being open, that can come with, with the way you dress. You can yeah. go around a certain group of people, and if 
you change the way that you normally dress to please that group of people, mm-hmm. you ain't open. Like I said, once you make people accept you for who you really are and not care about how they view you, then you can be open. And, and that come with anything. Church, that come with with relationship, that come with work. Work, yeah. All of it. Yeah, I'm torn on this one, man, because I feel like as men nowadays, we share too much of our emotion and feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I get tired again. I, yeah. I, I'm an old school man. I'm, I'm from that generation where I want men to be men. Like, if I'm at work, I don't want to hear about what your lady did or what them kid got going on. I want to hear about A to B, what we got to do to accomplish our job for the day. And if I got time after work to talk, we'll talk. Other than that, get the job done. I don't want to hear no complaining. And so I be torn. Like, far be like, all right, look, man, I want to be a good friend. I, w- I want you to express yourself. And the other half be me deep down in my subconscious. I be like, I don't really give a damn. <laughs> I don't give a damn. I don't care about what you got going on. Be a man and get the job done. And yeah. so I be torn with it. I'm like, and now they were in 2021 where men express themselves too much, more than women yeah. do. Yeah. You know, and I get tired of it, man. I yeah. do. I get tired of men not being men. And I. <laughs> and it, you made a great point. It's not that you're suppressing your emotions is just no. making sure that you verbalize it at the right time. Yeah, You know, exactly. it doesn't have to be all the time, but it, at the right time. But I will say that when it comes to the truth, it's good to have that truth come from you. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes from someone else and someone else hears it. Yeah, man. <laughs> just imagine the shot. <laughs> just imagine the shot on their face when they hear it from someone else. I'd be on my phone. <laughs> And I be in my chat and I be talking to my boys or I just be with my boys. And when we're in our own little setting, we talk about everything. We talk about women. Yeah. We talk about, and she be shocked. Like, I did not know that you talk like that. And it, we just guys, guys being guys, we just talking about everything in the book. And that's just how we conversate between each other. And there's no harm in it. It's just that, it's just the way we talk, but they be sh- so shocked. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you feel like that? Do you feel like the truth should come from you? Or does it need to come from somewhere else? The truth should always come from you. That's the one thing I always, I always hated when I got in trouble for something somebody else said. You yeah. know how your girl be like, your girl come with such and such said you were messing with her, that they saw you down here. And you know you you know for a fact, like I ain't had nothing to do with it, that one me. Yeah. But she keep going on and on, and then you get to the point where like a man, you know, you know what? If I'm gonna get in trouble for it, I might well do it. I might well do it. If, I'm about, if I got to do go through them much for it, I might well go ahead and do what such and such said I did. Yeah. If I got to go through them much junk for it, you know. And so I'll be torn with that a lot of time. Like, look, I'm a born, and I think like nowadays when I, when I think about women and me, I look at my friend relationship. I'm like, men so simple, mm-hmm. like so simple, but women. It hard for believe that a woman, it hard for a woman to believe that a man is so simple. Yeah, and then when she yeah. finally get it and she get the ring, she's like, oh, that's all I had to do? Yeah. Boy, I could have saved money. I ain't even had to dress up. I could have came out in sweatpants. Like, we're not worrying about all the extra stuff. Like, man, a real man, like, they they got so much stuff on their plate. Well, like, they want a simple life. Like, a real man want a simple life. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to work. My family good. Everybody taking care of. I, I'm, I'm, I ate. We got somewhere to sleep. I can wake up in the next morning. That's all I need to know. Boom, bang, bang, boom. That's it. I don't care if it's the sun or blue or purple, as long as everybody bleeding the same air. We all good, you know? And that's how I think, like, men think, but women look at it as like, that can't be, it can't be that easy. 
I, that, that can't, all I had to do was feed him and he went to bed and that was it. That can't be right. Something ain't right. And they do go do all the extra stuff that real men, they just like, I ain't need that. I ain't asked for that. I just want you to cook some pork chop, let me watch the NBA final and go to sleep. And then I would appreciate it if you gave them kids a bath and I ain't had to do it. You know what I mean? It's just that simple. And I'd be like, women just, I look at it all the time with my relationships sometimes with my friends. I'm like, Man, that boy's so simple. That woman ain't got to do all that. Yeah. But women just keep doing. They keep going that extra mile. And, you know, for most of the time, even the guy who like the extra mile, he get tired of you going the extra mile. He like, because, yeah. man, I sure would just like to go home and get my foot rubbed and eat yeah. and just <laughs> not have to say nothing and just go to bed. Yeah, That'd be a perfect day. I tell, I tell my girl that all the time. That'd be a perfect day. She ain't went out for my birthday a year ago. I was like, Man, I just want a 20p wing. Man. And, and nobody and nobody to bother me. That's all I'm for the, don't throw me no party. I don't, I don't want no party. party. I, want I don't want no jacket. <laughs> I don't want no sock, no clothes. I don't want no trip. Just give me a 20p hot lemon pepper. And give me some long time. And let me just sit down and watch that game with people. <laughs> That's all I want. I don't, I don't want no trip to, 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 to Mexico, <laughs> to Vegas. Just give me a 20p wing. Maybe get some blue cheese in a drink. <laughs> and that's it. So how do you all feel? <laughs> you know, that's just me. Them I mean, I'm about like Stanley. I, I mean, I think men simple. Yeah. I, I appreciate a simple woman. Like, I'm a little different. Like, when women put all that makeup on and do all that dressing, I don't like that. You know, I, I like to come home to a clean house, a cooked meal, and you get in the bed looking halfway good, you know? <laughs> but yeah, man, me and simple. I know, I know, I am, man. I got a lot of friends that that just simple, but you have these women like they go the extra mile. They think they impressing you or making you want no more, and they really don't. So, because you know, yeah, men just simple. Yeah, yeah, we are. I, I, I know yeah. I am. I'm married. Yeah, I'm still. I'm just saying, I ain't married yet. I'm in a relationship, and I want to get married. I probably have them getting engaged soon. But it just, I just see it all the time, you know. I'm not married, but brother Charles and Craig is, so they'll explain it from day in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can kind of, I can kind of echo what they're saying. We are very simple. Men are very simple creatures. Uh, I got, I got, a, I got the same routine every day, pretty much. I get up, I go to work, I come home. You know, if my, if my wife's working that night, you know, I got the kids. If she's not working, hey, I'm. I'm PS5 for the rest of the night. But like you said, you know, we make sure the, the bills are paid, make sure everything in the house is taken care of. You know, I jump in, throw the kids in the tub or something or stuff like that. You know, might whip up dinner. You know, she got to work. Like you said, it's, it doesn't take much. It's very it's very simple. And I think over the our years of being together, my wife has learned that, you know, it's a, like you said, you know, with the makeup, she she puts that on, but she don't I always tell her, you don't have to do all that. You don't yeah. have to. But she likes that, but I've learned that it makes her feel better. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that, you know, if she chooses to do that, cool. But she knows me, I'm I'm t-shirts and sweats. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless, you know, we go to a little nice dinner or something. But typically, man, it's, it's it, like I said, it's very easy. Yeah, and I think that's simple. keep, it keeps life simple. You know, yeah. it, without trying to, you know, stack too many things on top or whatever, you know. Just, and I don't think they realize how simple we are. And a lot of times the things that we do, it's not specifically for us, it's actually for them. We we can care less. Yeah. We do it to impress you. I mean, that goes from how we dress, how we talk, how we move. It's pretty much to impress, to impress. <laughs> your girlfriend, your wife, or some girl that you're looking for, or somebody that you saw online, you're trying to impress. It's, it's always around 
and trying to impress women little do I, I mean little do they know that so again like you all were saying we we are very simple but i will say that um we can keep us we keep it simple but you do have to switch it up every now and then. Yeah, you have you gotta you gotta change it up because one thing, as far as you gotta look at it from from her end as well, mm -hmm. she don't want to deal with a boring guy. Yeah. So you know she, that trip for your for your birthday might not be for you. Mm -hmm. You and it's for it's for the both of y'all. I try to take other people's you know thoughts and feelings into consideration mm -hmm. whenever I'm doing. But I mean, like you said, it's, I get like I come home, I don't ask. You know, hey, what you know, what you cooking, or what you, mm -hmm. hey, what, what y'all want to eat? Mm -hmm. You know, what you cook, what you want to eat. I will make me a plate of whatever you cooking. It don't matter what you cooking. You just cook. You know, she eating, the kids eating, everybody done. You know, I don't, I don't have. Like you said, on my birthday, twenty piece wing. Yeah. Sit around. I'm on video. I'm playing. You know, Call of Duty the rest of the day. I don't. You know, just. Yeah. You can just leave me be. And again, you know, it, and it's all about them. Every now and then you be spontaneous. Yeah, you got to be spontaneous. Because what happened is to realize when you do that, you start creating memories, you know, things that you had in your life. But when you're doing the same thing every single day, 24, seven, seven days a week, you run out of things to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? It becomes, it's, it's, it, it's stale. It's stale. Yeah. But when you're traveling, when you're watching the same shows, when you're just going out, going to dinner. Hey, I've been there. Do you remember when we went there? I enjoyed that. Or when you got me this, uh, hey, we just did something spontaneous. Uh, when we had sets up in the car just at the movie theater when we left. <laughs> just things Just that something out of the ordinary. You're, you're, you're creating memories and you're just adding more things that you can be able to talk about. But when you start having that are like a repetition over and over and over and over, it's like, all right, I don't even have anything to talk about. Now they're on their phone. Now they're on social media because they trying to figure out, you know, more incitement that they can find on Fun. social media. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you create those memories because it only add more things that you can be able to talk about. But I, I do want to say when you're telling the truth, is telling some of the truth okay? Or, or should you tell all the truth? Just because some things are not necessary. No, nah, I mean, if, if it's something... You know how bad something is before you even know <laughs> yeah. before you even tell her. So I mean, it's, it's you know how bad it is. Yeah. So just go ahead and like you said, just just take whatever comes with it. I mean, you did it. Own up to it. Or, you know, not necessarily doing anything, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's just hey, just tell the truth. Great. What, what what did you do today? Well, I went on to Atlanta and then we just went to this party, and I just took a shot or two. But I never say, well, I got twisted. I got too drunk, you no. know? <laughs> See, I, my, my, my story would be totally different because I'm like, what you do? I'm like, man, I, I fell off the balcony, you know, I rolled down the stairs drunk or whatever. So, you know, but no, nah, it's just, like you said, and, it, and you know, we are talking earlier about hearing the truth from someone else or from you for yourself. Like someone said that, you know, um, it's, it's not that, you know, you're not telling the whole truth. It's just that when you're first dealing with someone, when you're not telling the truth, it is to protect you. But later, when you're not telling the truth, it is to protect them yeah. because you know what type of person they are. So you know things that that's going to trigger them and put them in a certain bind. And it's like, it's not even necessary to bring it up. It's not even worth it. Yeah. And I'm just asking, is that okay? Yeah, you know? pick and choose your battles. You know, you pick and choose your battle. Is that okay to not just expose everything? And I know it's uncomfortable conversations, but... Some things just are not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
gotta tell it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what to tell and what not to tell, because sometimes you get yourself in the world of trouble. <laughs> you know, and it can be simple stuff, but you know, in the end, it ain't good for her to know everything. Um, but you still can be honest and tell the truth without telling it all. That's how I feel, because at the end of the day, you got to remember now, you can't make her too mad because women do run the household. Yeah. So I know I couldn't do nothing without mine. So if I know she don't like me getting drunk and she know I'm going go over here with Stanley and get drunk, <laughs> I'm ain't going to tell her. So, you know, and, and I say, hey, I'm going over there with Craig. Or, you know what I'm saying? But I ain't going to tell him I'm going over here with Stanley. You know, and so you pick and choose your battle, but you don't have to lie, but you don't have to tell her everything and you still can tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to be honest about some stuff. But I'm glad while we brought that up. And with communications, it's always consumed. Either it's about kids or it's about problems. Either I'm talking at you or I'm talking past you. And it's a monologue. If I'm in my zone, I'm just talking, talking, talking. I'm not giving you a chance to talk. Mm. Meanwhile, you understand what I'm doing. So now you're not even listening to what I have to say. So now it becomes like a a monologue. But a person that's listening, they're not listening. And so they're not finding the meaning of what I'm trying to say or an understanding and that's the reason why you have to have a dialogue with a person and what is a dialogue dialogue is where you respect that person enough to be able to put aside the the bigotry and the judgment but how can you have an effective dialogue with someone so that you're able to get your point across while trying to make sure that they understand where you're coming from yeah I like that question man I, and I tell you I, I get my lady judge me with that a lot about um kind of omitting the truth sometimes, as you can say. <laughs> but uh, I like what he just said about the dialogue aspect. And, you know, I had a guy, a therapist one time, and a uh, big-time therapist, he told me, you know, he did marriage, ca- marriage counseling. And he said, you know, he always knew the couple that was going to survive a ma- uh, bad period. He was like, the couple that came and said, no matter what, we got to make it work, they always made it work. And the one that was like, you know, always bickering and stuff, they never made it work. And uh, he said always the main purpose was, and what I try to get through with my ladies now is, you may say something, but my definition of it might be different. You know what I mean? Like intimacy. Me and my lady were talking about intimacy today. Uh, intimacy today, and I was like, "Well, I thought I was intimate today. We having a conversation right now. I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm at the house. You know, we we were talking about the bills earlier. We were talking about dinner. I thought I was being intimate then. She's like, "No. <laughs> You're like, no. That's not intimacy. <laughs> intimacy is like what we had a month and a half ago when we went out of town. It was just me and you with no interruptions, and we were having a good time by ourselves, just talking about life and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was her definition of intimacy. Mine was just look, the bill paid. <laughs> it's Sunday. I ain't in the house. I ain't out. I ain't out nowhere. I'm in the house with you. We intimate right now, cause I could be outside with my boys on Sunday chilling, doing something. But right now I'm intimate with you, and she's like, no. It ain't intimacy. And I'm and like, okay. crazy because y'all have a full dialogue and now you understand where she's coming and, from and, and she understands and where you're coming from. And that's one thing I always took from him, uh, Coach Randall, he told me, he was like, you know, make sure her definition of love is the same as your definition of love. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know it, define it, you know, like understand her definition. She might be saying, do you love me? You know, I love you this way. And it might be different from yours. Like I show love by make sure t- stuff taken care of and doing everything around the house. And she show up by Make sure I'm straight and doing other stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't feel like you love me. And her, she like, well, I've been doing the same thing. I would do this here, my love. And I'm like, 
oh, my love different from yours. My, I didn't need physical love. I don't need emotional love right now. So it's always different. You know, I would tell a couple, like, that's that what I do with my life. I, I try to define it, like, okay, what's your definition of this? So I know what you really mean, because it might be different from mine a lot of the times. And so they help us out a lot with our dialogue and stuff, because it just help us out a lot with our dialogue, because if I, if I don't know, you might be saying something, it might be totally different in my mind. And, and if I if you don't ever say it, like, like somebody told me one time, like you can't punish somebody for words unsaid. Mm-hmm. So if I don't know it and you don't tell me it, then it ain't my fault. I, don't, yeah. I, tell, I ain't Professor X. I don't read mine. So if you don't say it, I don't know it, baby. So yeah. let's yeah. figure it out. You better say it. Or otherwise, I ain't going to pick it up because I'm too dumb. Men dumb. We, exactly. we don't read in between the lines. I'll I tell you for what you say. You better say it if you mean it and mean what you say. Never make assumptions. That's Go ahead it. And tell Don't me make no assumptions your mind. for me, man. So that's that my aspect on it. You know? Well, I think that comes from you having a good, uh, you have good communication with your partner. Mm-hmm. Like you said, everybody, he, he learned that his wife's uh, definition of intimacy is different than his. It's different types of way the definition of intimacy. Some people look at it as sex. Some people look at it as just hanging out, you know, a long time with no kids, no distractions. You know, it's not necessarily sexual. You just having that one-on-one time where you get to spend with that person where you can enjoy them without having those types of issues, uh, you know, having anything. But having that open dialogue definitely makes it makes your relationship better. Because like you said, you, if I don't know, you're thinking a certain way, but you're not telling me. Like you said, you can't hold me accountable for that. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know, you know, what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But like you said, having that, like you said, having to understand how people love. Everybody's got different types of love language, so you have to understand that person. But, you know, over the years and over time, if you're actually working on that in your relationship, it becomes easy. It's effortless. And within a relationship, whether it's with, you know, whether a relationship, work relationship or, you know, a relationship with a with your spouse, mm-hmm. you have to communicate. Not communicate just to hear yourself talk, but you have to actually listen to them respond as well. Mm-hmm. So you can understand how they feel and what they think. And it's, it's not, you know, totally just your your thoughts and opinions all the time. And I'm glad you said that, too, because when it comes to this is something that I I learned from not just my wife. I learned from Stan's girlfriend, their mother. But I I noticed that they have a strategy to be to start effective dialogue. The first thing that they do, they try to praise you. That lets your guard down. (laughs) Now you're over to communicate because the tension is gone. Oh yeah, because the first thing on your mind, what you want? What you, want? <laughs> you know, what you want now? Yeah, the tension yeah. is gone. So that's that's my way to start an effective dialogue yeah. with someone. I try to praise you, tell you about what's going on, and then I also try to make sure that I don't completely start off with something that's sensitive. Yeah. Well, I'm just straight to the point. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, on it, it's not not in a bad way, yeah. but like, hey, you know, hey, babe, babe, we need to sit down and talk. We got some, <laughs> we got a, we got a problem. We need, you know, I got a problem going on. We need to talk about it. You know, something like it ain't necessarily involving us, but it could be something like else I got going on. Mm-hmm. But nah, I, hey, we need, you know, we need we need to talk. But typically, we have that time set aside because we typically try to put the kids to bed at a certain time every night, so we can have that one or two hour period mm-hmm. during the night where we can talk and have that t- you know that yeah. dialogue. Whether it's just hell, we just sitting around, you know, she watching Netflix or basketball. She loves basketball, by the way, or just simple, just she's talking to me about that. Or mm-hmm. you know, I talk to her about I like video games, so yeah. you know, I told you know we talk about different other things, but yeah. you know, yeah. having yeah. that dialogue, gotta have a dialogue. And when you're in like a tough conversation. Because we tend to focus on the assumption and and what that person has to say about us and our own beliefs. So we start blocking out what she has to say. 
and we start thinking about our own thoughts and being our own head. And so again, I would say, you know, block out all of that. Just try to listen, see where that person is coming from, because that's one of the most important things. Listening is really a, a major part of communicating. And when you're blocking that out, now you're able to say, okay, let me understand where this person is coming from. I'm, I'm just going to let them clear the air. And I will say, if you're the one that's talking and trying to clear the air, be simple, be straight to the point. Don't be long in it because then you're you're definitely going to lose. Yeah, because they're going to lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't be long in it and do not bring in a third party to try oh, to you never, you take never, your point. You never include a third party <laughs> in those types of do discussions. Do not ever add a third party <laughs> no. to prove your point <laughs> that makes that makes the situation worse <laughs> yeah I, I, and i agree it's simple you know with a, with a, with a woman listening is key yeah you know they'll say something and we'll be walking down the hallway or you be in the bedroom and she'll say it and she'll remember that she told you and we'll forget all about it and that caused a problem and and, and, and you know and and Sometimes a man will go home and talk, 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 and don't listen at all. Mm-hmm. And then that's the problem. That's our problem. So yeah, listening is key. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to add on some like we all fathers here, and so what stress does fatherhood add on to you with communication with your uh, significant other? Because mm-hmm. I remember like I talked a certain way before I had kids. And then after having kids, I was like, man, I ain't got no energy to talk to you tonight. <laughs> I, I, just ain't got, I just ain't got no energy to talk to you tonight. You just scratch my back tonight. I'm yeah. tired. Man. You know what I mean? And so I think about it a lot of times. Like, you know, I, I, it's a, like I tell my lady all the time, like, the me I am now at 32 won't be the same me at 35 or 40. Mm, that's true. Like, you know, I won't communicate. Like, I might suck at it right now in my 32nd year of life, but... Maybe by 35, I might be completely different about it. And a lot of times I see that with men, like, we go through something or we go through a certain period, we just like, boom, all right, that's enough for that. We're going to do that. You know, and I see that a lot of time with guys, like, once we make that commitment to listening and all that, and then it get a lot better. But a lot yeah. of times we don't be susceptible to, like, or, like my lady tell me, I don't value her input at times on certain, mm-hmm. certain topics. And so I got to learn, you know, I had to learn that, like, really, like, like, I, and I tell like, you know, everything, before, you know, somebody told me that everything before the butt is bullshit when somebody talking to you. They be like, mm-hmm. okay, praising you like Coach, like Craig just said, praising you, but yeah. then they hit you with, but this, <laughs> but. but this. And I'm like, so, and that's how I am. Like, I'm like, like, like Charles said, like, give me a straight shot. Like, don't, don't pray me because I'm going to get in my feeling. But what, you praise me. Well, don't say this shit. Then you just praise me. You can't say that. You got to get in me straight. I, don't give me, don't shoot me from my leg. All right. And then try to kill me. Give me a straight shot to the head. Straight shot to the head. Straight shot to the head. And that way I can receive it. I can dissect it. I can understand it. And I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Women, like I tell you, she lose me, like my lady lose me in conversation when she started. Going on about some off topic, uh huh, and something else about off topic, and then something else abstract, yeah. and then she tried to come back to the view, the, yeah. to the point, and I'm like, well, shit, you lost me with all the other <laughs> stuff you said. I don't even know what your point is. Yeah. Now I tuned out after the third or fourth time when you said something, so I tell all the time, look, 
You got something to say? You better come on out and say it straight shot and get it to me straight. And don't wait a long time before you say it. Don't oh, wait man. until the build up be the worst part. The, oh, the build up. Don't wait Just, when you when something is on your mind. Go ahead and let it out because what happened is when something is on your mind and then something else comes on your mind and then another thing and mm. then another thing and then it'd be something small that you just did and then it explode and you'd be like where did that come from yeah I, like we're on something totally different we, we're, we're discussing about why did i not pick up the kids yeah now you're talking about well where were you two weeks ago in atlanta i'm like what the hell where, where, do you, where did that where come, did that from? come from <laughs> where did they like speak your mind when something is on your mind at that given moment yeah don't wait until you explode go ahead and address it and again two things listen and communicate and if something is on your mind go ahead and let it out because what, what when you explode now i'm going to respond but you're so heated that manner. anything that I respond with, you're yeah, going to defensive. get defensive. Exactly. You're going to get defensive and then it's going to get worse. And then it's going to lead into another conversation and then another conversation. And before you know it, we're going to be realizing what the hell did we argue about? Mm -hmm. And now we're in a predicament. I'm ready to leave. You ready to, <laughs> I'm ready, I'm I'm ready, ready to leave, leave now. You so. know, and, I, and I'm off of that too. Cause I let like work colleagues and then relationship. Oh, I'm gonna let you know right away. With my lady at home, I think like, man, yeah, I don't like what you just did, but I ain't going to say nothing because I kind of want to get a peaceful night of sleep tonight, yeah. so I'm going to forget about that one. <laughs> you know, and then it might be something to, uh, another week. You know what? I'm going to let you go because I don't want to hear it tonight. And then finally, about two, three weeks, I might feel like arguing, and I come up with three weeks. I'm three weeks worth. I don't got three weeks worth of junk, you know, and luggage on me. I'm like, well, you remember three weeks ago, you ain't say you going to do that, you ain't do that. Yeah. Well, two weeks ago, you ain't do that. Y'all say you didn't do that. She like, what the hell? And what's crazy is women know how to be condescending. Oh, my God. With their response. The queens of it, man. Men, we just block it out and we lock down and we shut down and yeah. we don't even respond. And it's like, what are you going to speak? Are you going to say something? And you just lock. You're not even listening. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I tell mine, like, you, you got all the answers. You go ahead. You don't need me to talk. You got all the answers. You got it. You do you it. You got all the answers. But you got all the answers, small. And I, and I understand, you know, they're, they're coming along. The more and more they're around you, the more and more they're going to figure you out and what triggers you and what doesn't trigger you. And then eventually you're all going to be able to compromise and then understand where each other coming from. So when you get into an argument, you know certain things that's going to push my button and I know certain things that's going to push your button. So we try to not get it there because of what we, yeah. all, we already been through. Accustomed to. And I see that a lot like when we were talking about what, what this segment was about, like having that real conversation. Like, I can be with somebody for five years and not never have a real talk. Where I get with somebody else for six months and all we do is have real conversations mm -hmm. and you feel more connected instantly. Mm -hmm. And so I agree, man. Like, you know, time don't matter. It's about having real conversations, somebody really figuring out, figuring out who you really is as a person and then you really build from there. But they never, you never let nobody in and you never really, you know, show your ass off or you never get mad or you never show your emotions. Then really that person they just know that facade of you. Yep, that facade. And then when you finally do show yourself, you're like, okay, boom, I don't want them. Yeah. Well, you could have figured out, you know, you could have figured that out the first time had you just been honest and been yourself. Yeah, and so now I see that in my age now, I'm like, you know what? I ain't holding in nothing. I'm gonna let you. Anything. I, I, you know, completely open because now you allow them to adjust to get close to the real you. Yeah. Because now I know what type of person I'm dealing with. Now I can adjust and say, okay. 
how can I, if I really want to be with this person, how can I adjust and get closer to that person? Because I know that person. But when you have a facade, it's like, okay, how can I adjust to get closer to the facade and not the real deal? So now that empty hole that you have there, it's not fulfilled. So it's like, why is he not happy? Why is she not happy? Because you're playing a role and that's not the real you. So now that person really can't fulfill you because you didn't show that person the real you. They don't know you. They don't know you. It yeah. take time for a person to get to know you. And you know, with this topic, it's hard for me to speak on. Cause fellas, I got a, I got a long time in my relationship. <laughs> I, I don't want to say how it went. I don't mind saying it, but see, I've been with, I ain't wait, wait, married. Wait, wait, before, before you even continue, the thing is, we, the, the reason why we're honest, because we already been through a lot, so now we're, we're good. But it might be someone that can hear that and they can be like i'm going through the same shit and so you give them some game mm -hmm. and now they understand what they need to do in order to progress in their relationship yeah mm -hmm. right correct so but i always again i always speak more so past tense than mm -hmm. what's present when i'm done with the present then i go and speak on it but i always try to speak on the past tense so people don't look at like well what the hell is he going through correct mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, correct but, but where you were going to say my no bad no for cutting I, you I'm off saying it, it's just knowing a person and like when you don't never be the real you or you always being fake around a person they don't know how to deal with you or they don't know what you really want or what you like. You know, they, they don't know you at all. And my relationship is a little different because we grow together mm -hmm. and we learn together. I mean, from high school, from Little League, you know, oh, wow. uh, but from high, I mean, I've been with 18 years. So we, we know each other, you know, and, and, and I know what make her mad. And, 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 you know, I know when to listen when she's speaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's just, we gotta, we gotta understand women and, Understanding the woman is listening, you know, yes. because and, and paying attention to the way they move, you know, because if your wife come in the house and she throwing stuff around and she just, you know, she don't have a bad day at yeah. work. Yeah. Then it's time for me to listen and go in here. Let me go ahead and start this food. Or and just understanding the woman, you know, or she come in the house she, and she yelling at them kids. You be like, what the hell my kids don't did in the car? Or, or what they acting bad at grocery store? So let me go ahead and get on to them. Let me go see what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's all about understanding the person. And not only when they speaking, but they movement and their actions, you know, and you know that that goes a long ways in a relationship. You know? What's up, man? And me ain't gotta, me ain't gotta just pay attention. Definitely, definitely, and that's that's the main thing. Like you said, with a woman is listening, because like you said, like the signs are there. Like you say, your wife come home from work. Next thing you hear keys hitting the countertop, the purse slanging down, shoes flying. Like oh hell, you know what what they have now. So you know your first name right off the bat is what can I you know my, well this is me personally you know if if, if that you know that's the case you know she come home and I can tell she had a rough day I try to do anything I try to do as much as possible to try to take something off of her where she can just kind of go ahead and get into her zone I try to have the kids sleep you know when she get off work clothes fold you know what whatever little thing I can do to try to help out really main thing like I said you have to be there you have to be that listening ear for her but you have to also be there emotionally as well. Because if she having that bad day, she's gonna want somebody to talk to. Not, you know, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, that's your problem. Let me, that's your date. You know, I ain't, I ain't got nothing to do with me. That ain't the type of response that you want to give. But you know, you having that good communication, those conversations are a whole lot easier. And I know all you guys read intellectual guys. 
anybody got anything that then that you read or article or a talk that you have with somebody that kind of helps you develop a better communication with your lady? I mean, I haven't really read any books. My mate, really mainly everything that it, that I've been through is, is just all my experience. You know, whether good or bad. You know, you have to take you, whether it happened to you or you or you were the one that caused you know that type of stuff to happen. You have to look at it and learn from. It. Are you going to continue to do those things that are not going to get you anywhere with that person? If this if this relationship not progressing off of the way things are going, have you tried changing? Like you said, have you tried to, to switch it up a little bit? You can't just always talk all the time. You can't just always be the one to give your your side of everything because if you if if you're not listening to whether you're man or woman, if you, if, if the woman's not listening to the man or man not listening to the woman, they're gonna seek someone else that will listen to them. Yeah. Or something. You you have to be there emotionally and as well as physically. What helped me? One thing is I have a neighbor and the neighbor came to me and he was married multiple times, and he said, "Hey." Whenever you and your wife get into it, whatever is on your mind, whatever is on her mind, and y'all get into it, just never go to sleep angry at each other. Never. Whatever is on your mind, go ahead and let it out because if you go to sleep, it's going to fester yeah. in your mind. And it keeps going on and on until you explode. Yeah, and that's one thing, like as far like me and my wife, we never. That's one thing, like we don't. And rarely, rarely, I'm, I'm, I could be honest, bro. Like we rarely even argue. Like we, mm -hmm. like it's just so everything kind of. We've gotten to the point where we kind of understand each other. I know when yeah. she wants her space, you know, and I wants mine. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of got that balance there. But like I say, it's just you have to go through toughest, some tough experiences to get there. You know, yeah. whether it's a bad relationship or two, or you dealt with some things. I mean, I've been to counselor. I went to counseling mm -hmm. for a year, and it kind of opened up my eyes to not necessarily other people's problems, but the stuff that I had going on within myself. Mm -hmm. My mom was a single mom. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad wasn't really around and stuff like that. So it was, you know, I grew up around my older cousins and mm -hmm. things like that. So I kind of learned from them. But it's just that part of me as a child growing up, it stayed with me as an adult as I got older. That part of me kind of always bothered me a little bit. So, you know, I went to counseling a little while that kind of helped me with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that made our relationship better because that actually helped me open up. Because mm -hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that lady from them a fly on the wall, you know, but I was comfortable talking to her. Yeah. And that helped me and my wife's relationship uh, uh, a lot. I say a lot. We have a, a similar history. <laughs> uh, I haven't been a counselor yet, but just the fact that growing up, the things that you've been through, and you don't realize how it impacts you until you're in certain situations. And, it, and it'd be like, why do I feel like this? My wife, she cries all the time. I, growing up, I never saw anyone cry. And, and my parents cry. I never saw, yeah, and I so know. I'm looking at them crazy, like, why are you crying why all the time? Yeah. And I had to realize that's the type of person you are. And she grew up that way to be able to show your emotions and don't hide it and, and let it fester until you explode. Just be open. And I had to realize that. And now I'm slowly starting to be the same way, right. you know, being able to be open and, and express what's going on with me, who I am and so forth. So, again, yeah, you made a great point. It's about the, the evolution of you just growing up, things that you've seen and things that you're trying to change. Just because that was your past, it probably made you the, a, better a better person. person. It did. And just like they say, when you're having kids and stuff like that, what we try to do is give our kids everything, everything that, that we, we didn't have. Yeah. But you sometimes you have to show them everything that you did go through so that they're able to see why you're the person that you are today. 
not just saying, hey, just put them through hell, but to show them, hey, if you go through this right here, these are the consequences. And these are the things that happen when you make these type of choices. Yeah. So they're learning instead of trying to shelter them away from it, because when they get older, you, you're actually going to put them in a situation to where they don't understand how to make certain decisions. Oh, yeah. And you're you, crippling you, them in a way. You have to educate your kids. You have to educate because, your because kids. Like I tell my son and my daughter all the time, you know, my oldest too, a lot of the knowledge that they have now, I didn't have when I was that age. I didn't have the, the access to all the stuff that they have yeah. now. So, you know, to try to teach them and encourage them, whether it's you know, being financially stable or getting yourself secure for your future, you know, trying to get them prepared for when I'm, you know, when I'm eventually not here anymore. Mm -hmm. So me not growing up with my dad kind of made me more driven to to be there for my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not missing a, hell, I don't, I don't miss a parent breakfast. You know, I'm, I'm, like I'm there every time. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's just those instances where I try to, you know, teach your kids through what I've been through. I'm very open with my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, try to explain, you know, just try to show them based on my experience, like, hey, this, this is what happens. If you do this this way, this is what happens if you do it this way. Just try to educate them to make life easier for them. Because like I said, we we didn't have that type of knowledge and things passed down to us from our parents because they weren't taught that from theirs. Yeah, they weren't taught that from theirs. So it comes from, like, just, you know, comes from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So if you're not passing down anything or trying to, you know, help you. And like, that's good that you said that because, you know, certain things that you didn't get when you were younger and then when you get older, you start having emotional attachment to your kids. So you're starting to do things like always being at the yeah. parent-teacher conference or always being at the game. And that's one thing, and I had this conversation with my wife. I was thinking to myself like, why am I always at Camille's game? You know, Why am I always at Chase's game, Callan's game? Why am I all, I'm always at events that are going on and then I was like oh because I really didn't have that when I was younger I never had anyone to show up consistently yeah. to the things that I had going on and I noticed how it affected me so now I'm trying to make sure that it doesn't affect them so I'm putting them in a situation to where I can show them the love to show why it's needed for me to be here and to show you that you do have someone in your corner Oh yeah, because if you get if your kids see that you got they got that support early on in life, I think that makes a difference for them in the future. Yeah. You know, having someone that'll that'll kind of guide them and lead them. You know, not necessarily hold their hand cons consistently, but mm -hmm. you know, teach them. Let them make mistakes. Let them make mistakes. You know, let them make mistakes. But you have to teach them from those mistakes. Don't just let them go out and make mistakes, but kind of educate them so that that won't continues to happen. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think it's man, it's just being a family. Like you just mm -hmm. go through. You just go through different types of things yeah. and experiences that you gain. I mean, it's it's nothing you're ever taught, you know. But like, how do you guys feel though being black men? And I, I grew up with my father. My parents been married almost twenty years now, but I get the sense that most of you guys' parents didn't grow up together, right? You didn't go in a two parent household, and you know, even though I had my dad there, he didn't do a lot of the uh, like going to games and stuff like that because he didn't have that as a kid. And so he had no idea how to do that as well. And so now I think about guys I see now growing up, like my friends like Sammy, who, you know, they had, you know, Sammy followers there and he passed away uh, earlier, God rest his soul. But uh, I look at those situations, I look at Sammy being a father and I'm like, you know, he didn't have his dad at all his events, but yet he do a great job of it, you know, at the same time. And so I wonder like the evolution of a man, a black man who grew up without a father, how do you, who, 
what what's the, like my company's like okay well my daddy didn't do that in this situation you know what i'm saying my uncle didn't do that in this situation and for you guys you you get robbed at a certain point you know because like you don't you don't have that that example to look back on like okay when mom got mad at dad and they were struggling with the bill he did it well you guys ain't got that you know what i mean and so i think about how do you learn that and you basically learn on the fly it ain't no right or wrong answer to it at all but what are ways that made you mature to get able to handle that situation by not having that example and trying to be that example for your kids, you know? I always been a curious person growing up. That's the reason why I'm lear- I always read, you know, I always try to figure out what's going on with the people who were before me or how to solve certain problems. So curiosity is a major thing with me. And so what happened is I started asking questions. When I used to grow up, I'd be like, your dad is always here. Yeah, my pops is here, man, and he's going to bring the camera. And I'm like, he's always here. I said, you must really love your dad because he's always at your game. Yeah, I love my daddy, you know? And and me, he looking at me crazy like, you just asked that? Are you serious? But I'm just asking questions because I want to understand what type of love do you have? And I can see the chemistry that you have with your father because of the way he always at your gain and always doing things and making sure that you're taken care of. So that was one aspect for me of being able to try to understand how to move. But not only that, again, it's not just curiosity, but also being like we talked about open and being able to accept certain perspectives. Because if you don't, then you get closed minded and then you stick to one thing. And that way is not always the right way. Just like stance, it's not always the right way. So you have to be open and see different perspectives. And then you can put your own touch on it and figure out what works for you. Well, I think with me, I, I had to mature early. I, I had my first son out of high school. So I was 18, 19, first time father. So me and my oldest, we kind of, he, I grew up and we grew up together. And I guess it's just the things, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very observant. You know, I, I look at a person's reactions based on what I say or what I do. So I, I kind of, judge things based on that you know trying to make my um well how do i need it to respond or, you know what do i need to say but um like i said it's just just growing up just going through 18 19 going through those tough times learning how to be a dad you know it, it, i had to learn how to be a dad rather as well as growing up as an adult at the same time so it was tough but i think as i got older and going through the mistakes that i made as a young dad it made me a better father as I got older. Gotcha. So, Craig, yours was curiosity, and Charles, yours was more by experience. How about you, Sammy? You know, coming from where I came from and the hand that I was dealt, I had a great father, you know, and, and that go all the way back to being at the basketball court in LB when I would be out there with all my friends, but I'm the only one who dad out here. And if anybody know me from Athens, know that I take pride in being a good dad. So, my father passed when I was 17. And he used to always tell me when I was little, even after he would whoop my butt or I would get in trouble, Junior, I'm always be, you know, I'm named after him. And, you know, and even my street name, sound, I mean, that was his name, you know, and that's how I'm known on the block. And, you know, everybody say he looks like your daddy, but I took pride. So after he passed away, you know, I was hurt. Sitting by my daddy's bed, you know, at 17, and like, dang, you know, they don't gave up on him. Just a simple fact of the clock is ticking and you will never ever see him ever again. And, and, and truth be told, I had anger at my daddy when he died because I was like, growing up, you always said you'll never leave. And you know, and it took me a while to deal with it. So to deal with that, I always said, I'm gonna be a good dad. So from 
everybody in Clark County school system to all these sports, anything going on with my kids, not only my kids, other people's kids. You know, I go show up for a child who I know father ain't in their life and be at an event, you know, because it's something about a man being in a child's life. And when me losing my dad at an early age, it made me just want to take pride in being the best dad. And want, you know, and, and, and be a family environment because anybody know, you come to my house and my children on the floor rolling around playing and I'm there every night, you know, so that's what I live for. And I feel like I owe my mom respect, but I owe my kids everything. And, and, and that's what I live by. So every day I wake up trying to better my kids' life. And you know, and, and, and I feel like I'm doing a good job. Shout out to my kids. You know, I got a kid, my little girl, like one of the smartest kids in the school district, you know, and she's gonna be taking all, she's going to sixth grade, gonna take all eighth grade classes next year. And if she do good on them, going to seventh grade, she'll be getting high school credit. So, you know, and yeah, that, that's part of being- that part of athlete too. Yeah, yeah, we just been to games all day, you know, and stuff like that. Like, I went out and partied all that night, but I had to be at Crossroads for a game. Me and Didi, you know, got back at six, but I'm not gonna miss a game. If I can go out and party, I can beat up for my kids. And, you know, I, I just take pride in being a daddy, and that's, and that's one thing I wake up and go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I'm being on, you know, sometimes I don't, I'm pretty sure y'all done, done, done this. You go in your kids' room and watch them sleep. That's how much I take pride in just being a daddy. And, you know, the simple fact of no matter how big they get, holding them, playing with them, joking with them, time, you can never get that back. That's why I walked away from a job while I was making a lot of money, but it was taken away from my kids. The average person went and walked away from 23 plus dollars with overtime. I'm talking, that's an hour, so I was making pretty good money, but it was taken away from my kids. And what I call spending time with my kids was going to Walmart, spending three, four hundred dollars every time I got paid. And that ain't spending time. So losing my father, it made me become a better dad and a better man. And I'll say on the aspect of having a father is like, you know, you learn from his mistakes a lot of the times. Like, okay, he did did good, he did did bad. I'm gonna do this with my kid. My dad didn't do this with me, so I'm gonna do this with my kid. So from my aspect, on my part, it's just like, like you gotta learn from example, but at least have that example in the house to learn from. Well, you guys didn't, and you know, and I see a lot of guys scroll that now, like. A lot of my friends who grew up with single parents, where they had a single household, they had both parents in the household, two parents. They all good role models. They all want to better themselves. They all want something better for the community and their kids around them. And speaking of that, you know, we all been friends since we were, since we were little. So now, it, it, it coming up, we might need a daddy for support financially, but we had each other. You know what I'm saying? It's like. I can be doing something stupid and Stanley gonna call me and he gonna be honest and, and, they, and they go with DD, they go with Taylor, they go, you know, so you get enough men in one room, we all become a man and we all, yeah, we know. all become fathers. You know, coming from where we came from, it, we had some strong mamas and you best believe, you know, they gonna be at them games, they gonna be at them schools, being in the household with your daddy and having a strong man in the household, it means a lot to yeah, man, it, you know, Kids. I didn't realize it growing up. I was like, you know, yeah, my dad, he don't go to the games and that, but, you know, he does, he paid the bills at least. <laughs> it's, more, I, it's more to it than that. You know, and I, and I think about it, as, I, as I'm a father and then I'm like, God damn, boy, I know my daddy went through that time now, boy, he could have left all that high and dry. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could have bounced, you know what I mean? Like, my mom was pregnant at 18 as well. My parents had, my mom had, my okay, it's me, my brother, my sisters, all us a year apart. 32, 31, 30. My mom had me at 18 starting. My brother at 19, my sister at 20. So she was 20 with three kids, her and my dad. 
So I, you know, I you know they grew up with each other. They had a lot of learning curve they had to go through as an adults as well. And so I think about that now, man, we went through some time where, you know, my daddy went there, but he was there. But overall, I can always say, I always knew who my daddy was. You know what I mean? Some of my friends can't say that. They can't say, man, my daddy at home, he'll never come to my game. At least I can say that. My daddy at home, his button might not want to get out here to their game, but he at home, them bill paid, you know. I'm, I know if I need something, I can call him and say, hey, look, man, I need $40, give it to me now. You know what I mean? And well, other friends that had it, they had, you know, we had to go work and I had to go work too. So I just see that aspect and I always get curious about that, you know, like having a father and not having a father. And a lot of times it'd be the guy who don't have the, the two-parent household they end up being a better parent a lot of times. Because the guy with two-parent household, they take it for granted a lot of times, I see. And the guys who didn't have it, when you got to work for it, it just mean more to you. Yeah, and so I was just curious about it, fellas. You're, you're appreciated. You're appreciated a lot more. Yeah. And, and just to see, like he said, with his, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, when he, he said, you know, his daughter, with it, you know, being taking those, you know, uh, the higher level class and stuff like that makes you proud. It, it gives you chills as a parent, man. Like my daughter, she playing the Clark Central Band. I'm, a, I'm dead every home. I'm dead every game, you know. Mm -hmm. And they, this year they finally actually get to travel, so I'll be there supporting her at, at winter the way games that I can. But it's just the kid. You, you don't remember. They don't, like you said. Touch on boy. He was saying again. They don't remember what you spent on them. Mm -hmm. They remember that time. That time. You know, that time. You know, my dad was at my, my baseball game, my football game, or took me. You know, anything like that. So it's a small thing. Uh, like my dad don't <laughs> pay a lot of stuff for him, but I can count on my hand how many games he been on, been at. But I remember every last one of them games he was at. Yeah. I remember every I mean, last time he came to one of them games on my two hands, I can tell you, you know. Shouts out to our mama, cause they were gonna beat up. Hey, it can be raining. Yeah, you know, <laughs> our mama's man. gonna beat up. Hey, and you know, like I say, like, you know, my dad, he was a hell of a man. Like, you know, he was my dad, but my friend called my dad, dad. You know, he was a dad for all the kids yeah. in the community. You know, it was just high war. He like, he was my daddy, he was also, yeah. Communicate with some other guy in the community. You know, he was a father figure for that guy. He was a, a uncle figure for that guy. A guy father for that yeah, man. Was, hey, he had hey. that type of respect. You know, where everybody looked up to him. So he would. It wasn't that he was just. And now that I get old and I do the same thing as a coach, I'm like, I connect with about a hundred kids a year. And sometimes that take away from me connecting with my kid, my own child. But I hope that when he get older, he realized that my circle was a little bigger than just me, him, and his his parents. And you know, my son. It was. I read that one quote that said like, good men include their um, children. Average men include their mother, son, wife. Good men include brothers, his kids, auntie kids, cousins. Great men include everybody. Yeah. They make a big circle and they try to include everybody. Community, the state, they want to change everybody. And that's what I strive to be a great man. So I hope that when my kid get older, and he think about like, when I think back at times, like, man, my daddy went there for the game. Yeah. But damn it, he might've been paying some other kid, getting them some shoes or something, helping them out or, or getting them some groceries to eat. Mm -hmm. And so I try to be a great man and hope that my son see that when I, if I, something that I did, so having to miss, if I had to miss something, mm -hmm. it was because I was trying to be a great man and I was trying to include everybody in the circle and not just, you not know, just uh, one. Just, it, not just one. It, it, it hurt when you miss something, especially yeah. a game or a school event. It, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you, never, you never forget it. Yeah, and the kids don't even have to complain about it, or your old lady don't have to complain about it, but deep down inside, it hurt. I never forget uh, working at Toyota, man. And uh, it was my little girl, first day of school going to, <laughs> to kindergarten. So I had just became a lead and uh, 
and I wanted to take her to school. And they told me I couldn't take the day off. And my girlfriend sent me a picture. And I remember going in between the machine, just crying. And I was like, man, like, like, cause I could never get that back. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I put this other man's business before mm -hmm. my kids, and, you know, kids. And, 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 and it hurt. And, and I, I said, I'd never, ever do that ever again. So I struggled and I tried to quit that job for about three and a half years inside a car accident. And I just never went back. And so now how, how I live, you know, I don't have much money as I used to, but I better spend more time with my kids. And you find something more that's memories. more fulfilling. That's yeah, and, and I like giving back to the community. So when, when I was working, I was making all that money. I didn't have time to spend it. And when I did spend it, I would go to the mall and, and learn and spend two, three thousand dollars in one weekend. Yeah. But now I don't have much money. But I'm doing other stuff with my time instead yeah. of going to spend the money. I'm giving yeah. back to the community. I'm coaching sports, seeing what I can help somebody do. Like, so instead of me blowing all my money at the mall, mm -hmm. I'm doing other stuff with it. And, and and one thing I love doing, I love giving back. Yeah. And you know, and, and sometimes I feel like. Oh, I gotta go spend more time with my kids. But you know, God will make a way. When you when you're doing God work and you about to miss a couple of your kids event, it's okay. Yeah. And we all have to just accept that. You know, God will make a way because I don't been doing an event and I'm giving back. And then I get a call from my girlfriend and say, the game has started. And it's an hour that the game post started an hour ago. But look at God. Look at God. And, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, I said and I talk about God because I'm a firm believer in it. And, you know, and we talked about this earlier in the show. And, you know, when I was younger, I wouldn't talk about God as much. But I'm talking to my friends, and I'm, you know, I'm always bringing up God because, you know, I'm thankful for where I'm at. And without Him, I wouldn't be the man I am. So, man, you know, you know, I'm, I'm always talk about about God, and that's even with my football program. You know, I build it off of faith, family, and football. Football come last, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna teach them kids the Lord's prayer because when you get there, you might not know it, but. You gonna a four year by the time the end of the year, they gonna know it. Or yeah. you can be ten. You come to my program, you gonna learn the Lord's prayer, and I'm gonna put something in other than X and O's, something that will take you farther in life. You know, I use football as a ministry to teach these kids. You know, this just yeah. what? Yeah, this ain't forever. Look, look at me and my friend. Like we we mm. played ball our whole life together, and look at us now. We ain't we coaching, but we ain't playing. So you know, I get these kids ready for the for the real world. Real world. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and my number one thing I like putting these kids, teach them how to be accountable. Yeah, yeah. Everything, and that's a yeah. such, that's so broad. We teach them how to be accountable. That will cover everything. He lying, man, man, boy. Great, great episode, man. Y'all said a lot today, and I see Sammy open up, and he got <laughs> <laughs> he got <in> his bag. <laughs> he got in his bag tonight. I said, man, it was a great episode that we had, man. Again, overall. Now we see that just the conversation that we had, it's great to have a conversation, even if it's uncomfortable, but it's still good to have a conversation. It's not to be, we're not trying to be bashful with whatever's on our mind. We're just trying to enlighten and clear the air. I forgot one thing we didn't get to talk about thing was uh, the young lady winning the spelling bee. This, oh yeah. The, I mean, Char, Char know a lot more about it than I do. He brought it to my attention earlier. But the young lady that wanted to spell me was a big deal, and I think that's a great way to perpetuate. I mean, our um, African American community as well. Oh yeah, it's been a long time since something like that happened. Actually, I've been just doing a lot of reading up on it. She's a 14 year old uh, from Louisiana. She's actually received three scholarship offers already. I think one from LSU and one from Southern University. They've already extended her a full ride scholarship to those schools. 
when she graduates. What was the name, um, Charles? Um, her yes. name is Zyla Avangard, 14 Zyla years old. And she's also, uh, she holds the Guinness Book World Record for dribbling what multiple basketballs, I think. I saw that she's yeah. a really so good Yeah, so she's a, yeah, she's a really good basketball player. player. Yeah, she's a really good basketball yeah. player. And I'm only 14 years old, so she's actually the first African-American winner. There was one black winner back in uh, 1998 from Jamaica. Her name was Jody Ann Maxwell. Shout out to uh, Miss Avangard. Uh, on the spelling bee. Yeah, that is awesome. I remember when, when I was in college, like you were in school, like you guys, we probably used to get picked there for. Oh no, I look forward to. School. I love spelling bee, man. Yeah. I, I I had the uh, well, fifth I, fifth grade of uh, we had this big test called a uh, big bad map test. Wow. For our fifth grade social studies teacher, where we had to know we had to know the, the states and capitals of all fifty states. And if you if you of course if you got all fifty correct, you got a big candy bar. So it was uh, a few of us actually got that. So. Oh, I'm, I aced. aced. She got I that aced. candy bar. I hate yeah, it. I aced. Yeah, I, I still remember that day, fifth grade, man. But it sounds like we got a challenge here. Yeah, I see, right? <laughs> right. Oh man, but yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, and thanks for remembering that, Stanley. Um, bringing that up, that is good to bring some exposure to, uh, because it's not that many black people in the spelling bee. No. So that's good that she was able to do that. And not only, very yeah, good. she's very good in basketball. So that is good. But before we leave, how can people reach you, Stan? Um, if you if you like to get in contact with me, please contact me on Facebook at Stanley Lattimore. Um, if you want to get on Instagram, it's slat285. That's 285 after the heavyweight weight class with wrestling. <laughs> what about you, Sam? How can uh, everybody reach you? Social media, AWOL, Youth Organization, Athlon Line, Coalition Page, Sam Freeman on Instagram and Facebook, Sammy Freeman on Instagram and Facebook. But most of all, you see me in the community and you want to talk. I love to talk. So don't be a stranger. Uh, I'm always out there every day. And uh, again, look forward to our book bag drive coming up. I hope to see everybody out. Last year we did it. And we had we got left with over 2,000 book bags. So please bring your kids out. Do you have a location for that, Sammy? Well, not right now. It'll be on social media. Last year we did Lake Park and East Athens at the same time. So it was for both sides of town. And again, I was like we got stuck with, we were left with over 2,000 book bags. So again, I got a van outside right now. I just want to pick up supplies. I'm picking them up now. Parents, please, please bring your parents out and feel free to hit, reach out to Athena Lions page, my personal page, or AYO page for any concerns or any help anybody need in the community. Yeah, that's Athens Line. They're doing great things in the community with uh, President Charles Hardy. Great yeah, shout out to Charles, man. Hey, good man. I hear that. Great man there. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you ever want to reach me, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Charles Collins. I use all my other pages for private stuff, so if you want to reach me, just catch me on Facebook. I don't normally be on Instagram much, but... Oh, I forgot one thing. Hey, if y'all want to come out and support AWOL, July 24th, we will be at a marathon off Lexington Road in front of the movie theater. We'll be selling real plates. Please come out and support the football team July... No, July 24th from 11 to 4 p.m. You got a price on them plates. Uh, I'm selling pre-sale tickets right now because a lot of kids, the program I took over, I threw away everything and I'm trying to replace, especially I'm starting with helmets. You know, it's very important that we protect these kids and their safety, especially their head. So all proceeds will go to buying helmets for these kids. So please, please come out and support or inbox me and we have tickets on sale right now. You can go ahead and, and, and get a pre-sale ticket. 15 bucks, real place. And Sam, you guys won it last year, right, for the Pee Wees or Midgets? Well, yeah, I coached the Midgets, so so this year 
I, you know, I ain't trying to sound all arrogant or not, and that, but uh, we gonna win on all four levels until somebody else show me differently. Um, but most important, we gonna go out and have fun and keep these kids out of the street. Cause for those two or three hours I had those kids for three days or four days out of the week, I know that they're not a victim of gang violence or gun violence. So at the end of the day, championships and winning games are all fun, but it's more about these kids' safety and introducing them to other things other than what we grow up knowing and seeing. But uh, please come out and support AWOL Lions on July 24th. And I just like Stanley, I just like to say I appreciate being on our itinerary minds again. It's always a pleasure. It was a pleasure having you all here, man. And glad I got glad I finally got to come out. Right, <laughs> right, right. And if you want to, you can go ahead and cash out and all of the donation goes to the show. All the proceeds are used to improve the equipment and the content, but the cash out will be dollar sign C R A I G. H-U-L-I-N-G. That's dollar sign C-R-A-I-G H-U-L-I-N-G. Also, you can reach me on Twitter at itinerant underscore C. That is I-T-I-N-E-R-A-N-T underscore C. You can reach me on Instagram at T-H-E-I-T-I-N-E-R-A-N-T M-I-N-D-S. And that's the show. And we're going to end with eat well, sleep well, read, and make better decisions. We're out.